Ladies and gentlemen, for all of you that are new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, also known as the ultimate one-stop shop for all things The Challenge. We host live weekly recaps and cast interviews right here on our Facebook page, usually on our Facebook page. We also have a badass website with a ton of challenge content for you guys to enjoy, including challenge news, written recaps, sparkle quizzes, graphics, and a whole lot more. You can check us out at SaniacPodcast.com or at Saniac Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. I am Shawnee Suisa, a podcast producer from Los Angeles, and this is my awesome co-host and challenge historian, Zach Calhoun, and of course, today's guest, Mr. Weston Bergman. Wes, thanks for coming on. <laughs> for all of oh, you that have <laughs> for all of you that have been living under a rock, Mr. Weston Bergman has appeared on 15 total challenge seasons, including spin-offs. He boasts a combined 27 daily challenge wins, 19 elimination wins, six final appearances, two challenge wins, and more than $257,000 in prize money. Outside of the show, Wes has made quite the name for himself as an established entrepreneur, founding BetaBlocks, a startup incubator and accelerator, or Wes describes as really good advisors to make startups better faster guaranteed damn that's a good intro (laughs) (laughs) she was hoping that you'd say that i knew you would say that too i was like we're gonna we're gonna just sort of blow them out right at the beginning because (laughs) like you're someone that i've connected to on so many ways particularly in the entrepreneur sec you know segment of your life like that's to me i've been an entrepreneur my whole life like that's always been you know what do you want to be when you grow up the answer was always dictator or ceo I never thought of anything else. So whenever I would hear you on the show and it was like, yeah, this is just a TV show I do, but really my life is so important. I'm constantly like hustling. I always connected with that really well. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is definitely the, I mean, aside from my wife and family, the most important part of my life. And it's pretty great though, to be able to look back on it and know that a lot of it was funded and impossible because of the MTV stuff. And so one of these days I'm going to be considered even more legitimate than I am right now. And I'm going to be able to look back on some very not legitimate things that paved the way for it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I always, you know, people talk about influencer culture and and the power of that and things that are happening now. And to me, I think it's so... I guess not sad, but just missed opportunities that people don't seize the day with the capital they're given from like a 5K Instagram post ad and put that into something that could actually, you know, better their future, better wherever they are. And it seems almost as if there's so many people now with all these opportunities and they're not taking advantage of it. So when I see someone who is, I'm just like, hell yeah, that's what you yeah, should be doing. I, I, I agree. I remember I got into a huge heated debate with Leroy and CT on Rivals 1 over this exact topic. We were sitting around the kitchen table, which was more of like a dining room table, kind of outside. It was where CT yelled at me for like seven hours. (laughs) That that, that table. Uh, And I can't, I guess now that I think about it, I can't say this story because it's very inappropriate. But they were going to, they said, we were all saying what we were going to buy with the winnings. And I was like, I'm going to buy medium risk mutual funds and this is why and both of them basically were like i mean i'm not going to say what they were going to do but it was the equivalent of spend it all over one week and make so coke uh, and whores i didn't Uh, say it (laughs) a Um, big salad bowl bowl Uh, that's great tea to start off that's pretty much my favorite video on the internet the uncensored version of UNCT fighting I watch it like once that that says (laughs) it's the uncensored version that is not the uncensored version wow it gets so much worse than that oh you're blowing my mind right now yeah the 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 true lava is he threatened my life 
for seven straight hours <laughs> in as violent of a capacity as humanly possible. And I just sat there and I look stoic, but really I'm, I'm just not happy. I'm a little scared. <laughs> And, and then uh, he invited you to his wedding. So, I mean, really, everything <laughs> came full circle. <laughs> Honestly, that scene, we use that scene as an example of how you can keep your cool when someone's being a dick to you for extended periods of time. Like how Bananas should have kept his cool when Devin was being a dick to him for, like, an extended period of time. And we always will refer back to the scene with UNCT. Like, me and Zach have spoken about that one pretty much ad nauseum. You know, that is very true, and I appreciate you picking up on that. Uh, and it did take quite a bit. I mean, it's it, the the fans though that are like, "Well, well, wouldn't CT have beaten your ass?" And I'd be like, "Yes, he would have." <laughs> um, so that made it a little easier to be quiet. So the real way to take credit for that is uh, Frank did the exact same thing to me on Battle of the Seasons, and that is someone whose ass I would have beaten, and yet I <laughs> sat there. And I got in the same position. I put my feet up on the kitchen table and I just let him scream at me for as long as he needed to. And it's like, I don't need to lower myself to this level, regardless of like, if I can beat the person up or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. That, good man. Like, uh, I have so much I want to say about this, but, but first and foremost, um, the best part of that exchange, at least on the side of, of what we see, is when CT says, like, because you know I'm not scared of you. And then you go, <laughs> you look it. <laughs> it's such a great, like, like troll bait move. Uh, oh, I, I die every time you say it. Well, if he, ha- if he hadn't been yelling at me for, like, six hours at that point in time, then I could have maybe said that he didn't look it. But, I mean, <laughs> get to a point where care so much to yell at me for that long then maybe there was a little bit of fear in there another thing i do want to talk about is with with uh rivals one now that season stands out for me and i I honestly don't think it gets talked about enough because like the rivalries are so authentic like the authenticity of that like you and kenny you guys still don't like each other ct and adam that goes deep like there, there, yep. there's just legitimate bad blood that runs throughout that season, and you can feel that dissipating. So, like when I saw a season like Final Reckoning, where they're kind of playing on that rivals theme, and it's just like just the weakest, like the most scripted bad blood. I feel like that's that's what it it got more into, and I'm really happy that's what this season, what War of the Worlds, is going away from. But like. It's such a difference when you look back and watch that season. Like these people, legitimately, did not like each other. It, it really stands out. Yeah, there. I mean, there's some good. As a fan, I mean, I watched the final reckoning, and I mean, there's some real rivalries that either were formed or that came into it. And not everything, not everyone on Rivals One was like the Wes and Kenny or whatever. So there was definitely mm-hmm. some far fetched stuff back then. They they do their best. We Okay, so in terms of um, Evan, Kenny, and Bananas and that whole gang, we had some questions about your wedding, also about CT's wedding. Um, I know Zach wanted to run with this a little bit, but I was more wondering because I know you hate Kenny and Bananas or strongly dislike them, whatever it is, but Evan was at your wedding in your wedding, right? No. Not at your wedding. See, Zach had wrong intel on this because we had a whole recap during Final Reckoning where we were trying to break down why he was in your wedding, and I didn't think that he was. I thought it was so strange for him to have been there. I don't know how that got started, uh, but I guess the only guess I have to how that got started would be Evan and I were both in Brad's wedding. And so there might be... Yeah, that's what was talked about. Yeah, that's what was about There might be pictures of us... You know, like in a wedding, a t- matching wedding attire, but no. 
<laughs> in some sort of he wedding. Was not, he was not. He was not at the wedding. So one thing I do see though is that you you look at the people that were at your wedding. A lot of your castmates from Real World Austin. Like there were clearly some some very um, uh, like longstanding bonds there, and I think that that goes a long way towards you know pointing out how one why that was such a, a strong season. But two, that, you know, there are, there are friendships that really do extend beyond the show. Right. Yeah, you, uh, you know, I, it's really interesting. I get this weird, I don't know, reputation sometimes. And then I really just want, I wish that like loyalty and friendships is like my version of a scoreboard that people don't look at. Like the people mm -hmm. that I make friends with, we're friends for life. And it just doesn't look like it because I choose to be friends with the kind of people that move on. Not because they're moving on. It's just a coincidence. Like they're just, they've got other stuff to do. And so doing this, the challenges for 15 years isn't their top priority. And so when I make friends with people like Nehemiah and Rachel and Lacey and Danny and Melinda and all those great people from my original season, they just eventually moved on with their lives. And, uh, you know, I feel like every time I make a new friend, the same thing happens. They go get a job or move on or whatever. And birth now contrast that with other people to not to be named, make friends with uh, the degenerates that just stay on for decades. And so that's why it looks like they have friends. And it's like, yeah, well, the same. One thing I, I was kind of hoping when I found out about the CT wedding special, I was kind of thinking like, after seeing some of the, some of the people that were involved in your wedding, I was like, man, maybe we'll, we'll see some throwback faces, you know, maybe we'll see like Ace there from CT season or like David Burns, who I, I heard, you know, he mentioned that he was friends with growing up, but you can see there, there's just a difference there. That's not really the kind of guy CT is like, he's, he's, he's uh, just a different personality entirely than you. You know, I, yes, he is a very different personality. <laughs> I don't, don't want to go do, he is very different than me. Uh, but you know, there's, there's two sides to that coin a little bit. Um, you know, the wedding kept getting messed up from a scheduling perspective. And I can understand it as an empathetic man to had, that had just been married, I want to say four months before that, add in a television show. It's a complicated thing what they were doing. So it kept getting moved around. So the only people that could be there were people that were could essentially drop everything and come there for mm. it was like four days yeah. or whatever. So there, and then there was like, you know, there was, there was a bunch of people that were invited to the wedding with very, very short notice, some of which might've been the people that you mentioned that weren't able to come. And then there was the people that were also invited to the wedding and invited by MTV who had, who were given a stronger amount of pressure to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, you know, so current relevant cast members kind of got that added extra pressure. Whereas the other people that probably very well might still be his friends were given like a nine day notice. <laughs> I did kind of have that feeling that, that there was at least a touch of that, a touch of production, you know, that, that MTV was making an investment in that, like that, that um, series. So that, that they probably did have some, some sway over that process. That's that's they what did. wedding specials are. That's they're trying to hype them up. You know, they have yeah. to get people that are gonna get excited, cast members that you know the current fans are watching, whatever it is. Um, okay, so I actually have a bone to pick with you in regards to something you said about Casey being the worst partner in challenge <laughs> history, because I actually disagree with that. I might be the only Casey stan alive or out there, <laughs> but I think that there are significantly worse 
partners to have been paired with like Caitlyn or like Danny who has never won an elimination whereas <laughs> Case's elimination record wipes Danny's like clear off the floor. Yeah, you know good and well that you are <laughs> taking that statistic and uh, <laughs> And, and mutilating it. You know exactly why she's got a good elimination record. There, there's a little bit of cherry picking on that stat. I, I'm a big fan <laughs> a of A little Casey bit? As well. That is the definition <laughs> of cherry picking. That she doesn't, Le- that, none of those, any win that she got with me does not count. But she kept up. Do you think that Caitlin could have kept up with you during those eliminations like Casey could have? She would have done better than Casey. Really? Caitlin was Caitlin was she like a martial was so arts bad. master. She's oh. a martial art. She's entertaining as hell. Oh my god, but, martial arts master! I will. That's a cherry picking right there. That, she's that great. Is, that's right there. She's tall. It's she has less, It's less egregious than what you just did. And what, the West could have made do with that. She yeah, she was tall. Caitlin um, also is very rational. Well, I mean, on a relative <laughs> scale of challenges, she's rational, and you could talk to her, and she wanted to be there, and Casey was just like. If we go, we go. <laughs> no, that's like, not why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that's not the situation. Um, what a precious speaking, soul. <laughs> speaking of Danny, you know, someone yeah. that you are a close friend of. Um, mm-hmm. I do have to know, because you guys played a couple seasons together. Did you did you feel hampered having to go into a house and kind of be tied to Danny? Some might say that he was almost like an anchor to you and to try and like work with him through all that? Did, did it feel like he, he held you back a little bit? I definitely don't want to say held me back because there was, there was pros and cons that I think added when put all together uh, were ended up as a wash. So, uh, you know, the moral support and having a friend be there, it doesn't, it, the, the prison aspect of things isn't as harsh when someone's there that you actually like. Yeah. That, that's, that's not going to show up on our screen. So that's, that's like, mm-hmm. That, that, that makes helps. a lot of sense. Yeah, when that you helps bring a lot. Up. But there, but otherwise, it, it's it's such a complicated game that to add in a variable of a real life friendship that means the absolute world to me, uh, it definitely. I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I would like to have like that kind of that support to me would be more valuable than let's say a good ally at times in the house. It depends on the ally, uh, but but no, I mean, Danny was very supportive and helpful in a lot of capacities. And like, uh, unlike Casey, like he really wanted to be there and I can do a lot with someone that wanted to be there and I can't do hardly anything with someone that's there for the wrong reasons. And may I say, Casey is one of the sweetest girls that has ever been a part of my life. I wish her the absolute best, but she just was on the wrong television show. (laughs) Yeah. She needed to be on a real world. She would have smashed a real world season. That would have been fantastic. That's why you're one of the best that's ever done it, though, Wes. Like, look at the nice bow that you just tied on that. Casey cannot possibly have have any issues with with that. And, and, you know, she might even feel pretty good about herself after you just said that. So that's that's really nice. She's very (laughs) she's very smart. She's beautiful. And I, I, you know, I mean, I mean, what else do you need other than smart and hot? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay, so tell us about. Um, we there's rumors going around on Vevmo. I don't know if these were actually true that Casey dated TJ. Was that a thing? Um, if that's true, that this is, would be the first time I've heard of it. Oh, damn! I really wanted that to be a thing. That was like something that I was that I was always holding on to for a while. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure that TJ in his single years would have turned her down because not because she wasn't cute, but because she couldn't run fast enough. Like TJ has. <laughs> Very high athletic standards. 
Uh, all right. That's so speak, incredible. Speaking that's of- a joke. That's a joke. I have no <laughs> idea what, what is going on. He's a happily married man and has been for a while. And uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure he never touched Casey. All right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep it at that. At least the rumors are now slightly put to bed. Um, Zach had some questions about the Johanna story with the house deed. Zach, take that one away. I was just like rewatching r- the ruins recently. And Johanna makes that that mention about, you know, having her name on the deed to your house. And she makes a threat that she'll, you know, make your life hell because of that. What is the story here? Like, what is the timeline on that of you guys purchasing a house together relative to like deciding to go your separate ways? Uh, okay. So years wise, I'm going to be all kinds of confused. So we bought the house when I was a sophomore or junior at Arizona state, maybe sophomore, late sophomore, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, and then we went our separate ways, maybe a year and a half or two years later. And then we filmed The Ruins maybe six to nine months after that. So we had had it for three-ish years, somewhere in that vicinity. And we made, it cost an, we bought, we invested in a bar in Hollywood and um, which cost the same as what, uh, as the down payment on the house. And so, and all that was happening at the same time. And I didn't have any credit because that I had never had a job or a credit card because I went from high school to uh, rich. (laughs) <laughs> and so I don't have I don't I don't have credit and Johanna did because she was older and it, apparently it, I don't know what, it, what what the rationale was but she put the name in her in her the house in her name and I put the bar ownership in my name and mm. uh, so that's just kind of how that worked so I just gave her the cash and then we eventually sold the house I want to say 2012 ish um, and everything was on the up and up but. Uh, yeah so that's kind of the story behind that okay nice how long were you were you living in LA for a while uh living would be a diff that's probably not the right word because when I was she had an apartment before the house in Scottsdale and um it was in Santa Monica for maybe two years and it was when we were doing so much traveling that we would have two to four days a month where we weren't traveling and we'd spend half the time in Arizona with me and half the time or, and the other half like in Santa Monica. So I would spend two, two or three days in, in Santa Monica a month max. Mm, okay, fine. So it was just more like your home base while you were popping off to random places basically. But when the the house thing was a lot more than a home base uh, because I had gone back to school at that time. And so mm-hmm. that was, I mean, I was there five days a week for school. And then I would leave on the weekends to do a couple of appearances and then come back to study for getting ready for Monday. The appearances, we've we've spoken about those. That was the big moneymaker back then, wasn't it? It was like the it Instagram. Was. Yeah, I remember I, for whatever reason, and this was like an accident, but I had like a cereal box and like 30 grand in cash in my backpack. So I put the money in my backpack and I would occasionally, we would just once a month or so go back to Kansas city where my family was and other, other places to save and hide money. And I just, on a monthly or bi-monthly basis, it was like a running joke. I'd always come back with like a cereal box full of cash. And it was like that for years. And the current cast members, they might all be high and mighty on their Instagram followings, but no one was making a quarter million dollars a year from doing what they do for free. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I've heard from various people over the years that, that you like you made a killing. Ace made a killing. That, that there's a couple people who were just thriving on appearances. What was the average appearance fee? 
Um, a thousand dollars, but it was uh, um, the really good bookers and my guy, who's still my guy. I mean, I had like fifteen agents that would help find these gigs, but the the man that made me the absolute most. Uh, he is very heavily and still is very heavily connected in the university scene. Mm. So and he was very organized and he made a killing himself where he would book me to do like a motivational speech or a public appearance at a university at like a dorm room or something during, let's call it five o'clock at night. And uh, then I would go do an appearance in that same city that night. And so it turned into more of a two or three thousand dollar day. Then you go on to the next city and do the same thing. So it was a it was a very lucrative time. Nice. That is nice. That's That's pretty crazy. I mean, you're raking them in like the ads are now, but you're a good motivational speaker. I was watching a lot of your beta block stuff. Uh, That was pretty cool. Oh, also one thing on your demo day video for 2019, the audio is panned all the way right. I just thought I would let you know that. <laughs> not, my, not my department. Always thinking like the engineer. Um, I've got a I question from uh, I've got a question from Nelson. He's one of the admins on Challenge Fans. Uh, th- I feel like this is a pretty like good starting point here. Not considering yourself, which challenger would you consider to be the greatest to ever play the game? I, the only reason why I hesitate is because I think we might be witnessing the birth of the greatest challenger ever. Paulie. And so, so I'm not going to say any more than that, but okay. I'm going to, so let's say that we're not counting anyone from this new rookie class, which is easily the big, the best rookie class of all time with like not even a close second place. I would say we got to give it to CT. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to. And if you don't want to count, if you feel like CT is a cop out, uh, which to a certain extent it is, then I'm going with Landon. Ooh. I'm, I'm actually, okay with both or, of or actually no, I take it back. Alton. I'm going with Alton. <laughs> right, so you just pretty much rat you rattled off like my my four of my five. I mean it's I think that's what it comes down to. It's you, it's CT, it's Alton, it's Landon. Um, yeah. you know, I could come up with a couple of, I mean, you could put Johnny in there because you could debate Johnny's uh, credentials all day. I would yeah. I would prob I'd put Kenny ahead of Johnny personally. Um but Definitely. CT in terms of just pure like i mean you have to bring it all you have to entertain me you have to be like you know a a threat politically uh athletically like in the games and even with with all the the seasons that ct lost or that ct got himself kicked out of you know you look at the the shape he came into rivals to gauntlet three it's it's like insane it's pretty crazy some of those yes but i would like to take credit for the shape he came into and rivals two so he came in, the one his first win um this just no one ever talks about this because it never made the show but it's very important um both of us came in in horrible shape he has just spent <laughs> like 35 straight days in south padre with night and so that he came in as oh, a God. complete nutter wreck like the worst you've ever seen him and sp- like as a reminder we won that season and i'm like dude <laughs> we have been given a gift the gift of each other. And so what we're going to do is we're going to run every single day. And then you'd look out and there was nowhere to run except for a very long deck. We got up to a point where we were running like 10 miles a day on this deck. I had the worst <laughs> shin splints. It was like so bad. But by the end of it, we were in phenomenal shape because we had like six weeks to run and there was essentially nothing else to do. And by the day, we fit the last challenge before the final was that like in the ground thing that you would uh, – yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that was – there's a reason why Bananas starts throwing up after just three minutes of sprinting, and we just murdered broke the game because we were so good at it because we had been running for six straight weeks and it's where it's where our bond probably was formed more so than in any of the games or in the finals or whatever was that we would spend hours a day just kind of working on that knowing the finals were going to be a run and we ended up lapping bananas and frank Mm, that was honestly (laughs) i miss fine i miss rivals finals like those those were pretty phenomenal in terms of what we've seen in the past few seasons or compared to the past few seasons i i appreciate those because they were so grueling like they were so intense I actually yeah. feel like, and, and like we said, like we, we don't do the spoilers or anything like that. Um, I have a feeling that this final is going to be really good. Uh, one, because Justin Booth is back, but two, because I feel like they haven't really shown anything from it. I haven't really seen anything in the footage that's standing out to me like, oh, that's that's the final. So I feel like they have something special planned. That's, that's just my opinion. Um, but having said that, I do have another question uh, in the comments from... Casey, I, I think that this might be Casey Cooper. She might be in the chat. Uh, she wants to know if she, she wants to know if you've always been a Royals fan. Now, for me, even though I live in Pennsylvania, I'm I'm actually a lifelong Royals fan. I, I grew up loving the Royals. So, so like the 2015, really? yes, the 2014 season for me was was epic. Um, a man after my and, heart. And then the 2015 <laughs> oh season. God. But like, I'm the only person up here who loves the Royals. So I literally had to watch it all by myself. And, and, yeah. uh, and, but the 2015 season is, is epic. I have really great memories watching that. So what was that like for you? Uh, just like a lifelong dream. Cause they hadn't won since the year I was born. And yeah, it's, you know, it's just such a good community and everyone's been so supportive, even in the decades where we were just getting our butts kicked that, I don't know that I don't think that there's ever in Kansas City's history since I've been alive. I don't think there's ever been as much of like a civic bonding than that summer and that I guess that October, too. So like the summer leading up to it and then that October, I was leaving for a challenge the day our no the day of the parade, which was I want to say 48 hours after the win. And I had to go to the airport, obviously, and uh I had to eventually, I got about halfway there and I took the wrong way and I was, and there was so much traffic because people were parking in the middle of the highway, leaving their cars on the highway and walking <laughs> to downtown because the whole city congregated in one spot in one giant spot. So I had to call someone to come pick up my, I had got, eventually got an Uber, went the other way and had to have someone come pick up my car off the highway because I was flying to. I don't know where, whichever season that was at the time. I want to say it was Rivals 3. Yeah, I and think so I, so. I was about to head to Waltuco, Mexico, and I think I had to have like my dad with a spare set of keys come pick me up, come get my car that I left on the side of I-35. And like, <laughs> like I mean, it was, just, it was a ridiculous time. Uh, I am incredibly envious of that. I, I I would have loved to have been out there, but you know I was completely uh, broke, so that that, that wasn't you, happening. How do you become a Royals fan? Um, I'm pretty sure it's because I'm a middle child, so I just grew up and just picked all my own stuff. I was like, you know what? I I love this team. I remember growing up, I was watching like Carlos Beltran and Mike Sweeney. I was like, I really love these guys. That's you that's my team. A Royals fan. That's how that's how I've always been. That's how I've always been. Oh. All right. All right. I liked you before. I like you even better now. <laughs> I knew well, you guys would get along. You're both equally hated in terms of mm-hmm. the challenge fan group. So this is mm-hmm. this is a match made in heaven right here. Yeah, Wait, everybody knows me as like page. yes. The challenge yeah. and page, they hate me. No, they don't uh, hate you, but no. there is but there's there's like a love for you, but also in like a hated way, which is exactly how people love Zach. 
It's accurate. It's um, a shit-stirring now- entertainment value quality that not a lot of people necessarily have. Like, some people try, and then they just get hated, whereas some people shit-stir, and they get loved. So I feel like that's you two. But now people hate me legit because everybody knows me as, like, this person who hates Cara Maria. And you know what happens when, oh you God. know, when that gets out to her social media people. Then it gets, you know, kind of messy. Yeah. I actually have some Cara Maria receipts and lava in the U.S. mail, <laughs> headed to my house as we speak, that I will be dropping next week. Ooh, That's incredible. That's fantastic. Yeah, the car stands hate us. We said maybe two <laughs> words about her, and then they took that and blew that out of proportion. And now it's like, we're the devils. Like, we got yeah. one-star reviews all over iTunes. They're like, these people don't even, they just they hate Kara, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, Zach actually does hate Kara, but... but <laughs> no, I, my, just so you know, my lava, it's not going to make her look bad. It's just going to make me look good and kind of <laughs> add some light to our her and I's relationship. Well, I mean, our our All entire right. like our our entire mission statement really is to just make smarter reality television watchers out of people. So mm-hmm. it's to like acknowledge your biases. It's to understand, you know, the role production plays in putting a product out there, and to just watch for your entertainment. The only reason I dislike someone is because I'm not being like like they have gone beyond entertaining me. Like they've stopped entertaining me. Now they're now they're actively annoying me. And just being aware of these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when they go from entertaining to annoying, that's when Zach starts hating. Yeah, then, you know, then we got problems. In Kara and Polly's uh, defense, because oh, I, we like you know, Polly, we like Polly. I feel like you got to wrap them together in some way, shape, or mm-hmm. form. It's production's choice how much they show them. Mm. So yeah, they're giving them the option of here's some stuff, and they're choosing to show that. So it's not you can't even blame Kara for that's just that's the side that they are choosing to show. The I listeners actually, heard it. I'm going to zip my lips. That's fine. I, I, I accept your uh, I accept your retort, Mr. Bergman. I said that on last week's recap. I was like, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm not talking shit on Kara. I'm talking shit on the character Kara that we're seeing on the screen because it's all we're getting. Like there was all these hookups that we didn't get to see that would have for sure made better television than like a continuous, repetitive, Polly, Kara, Kyle, Polly, Kara, Kyle being thrown at us from MTV. I really enjoyed Kara, you know, at, at her character, her former character. You know, when you were pouring an entire bottle of soda <laughs> over her head, I, I was I was like in Kara's camp. I was like, I can't believe Wes is doing that, pouring the soda all over this girl. She deserved it. <laughs> okay, so I, I have a question in terms, it's sort of back then as well, um, dual question on the Svetlana flag elimination, because this is like a big one online lots of speculation on what happened there apparently that wasn't a rule so that's the when it was her versus beth it's when they do push me or was it called push me where there's the big pole and they sort of have to like push forward to get that flag and because beth ripped it then that sent her home and apparently that wasn't the rule originally but they changed it uh, I think it was a rule, but I mean, th- that's not the, the important part of that night was it set the precedent for even if it was like one of those gray area rules that wasn't like brought, brought up in a big way. It set the precedent of, OK, you're going to get sent home if you rip this flag off the carabiner or whatever the case is. And then CT does it three weeks later and he's like, well, I didn't know it's a rule. It's like, no, man, you watched a human being get eliminated for this exact reason only a couple of weeks prior and it, like completely diluted his entire argument for why 
he was kicked off in that season. Do you think he would have beat CT still in that final? In that final? Oh, or in no? that final? Yeah, yeah, in that final. If he had made it there, he yeah. would have beat him. Oh, yeah. I would have I had a two-minute head start, and then I would have beat him. Yeah, the soccer would have made all the difference. Well, like, I mean, I, that's exactly what it was, and I hate to, like, just fall back on it, but I was still a kid, which meant I was still coming out of, like, two decades of soccer, which is, just, which is like, cross-country running with a ball. And yeah. I didn't, I did not stop one time running up that mountain. It was, you had to run up and down the mountain four times. I did not stop one single time. No one could have caught me. Like Brad did as best as he possibly could. He, Brad does not get enough credit for this. No one could have run that faster than me, except for like a professional runner. I murdered that challenge. CT never would have got caught up because I would have had the head start because I would have won the PKs. I mean, it was just, so it, it, it ended the way that it was supposed to end. Hmm. That was a great final. I loved I loved that challenge because I like the dual format. I'm a big fan of that, where you get to call somebody into elimination. I always love that. So um, um, speaking of your your athletic strengths, we'll, we'll move into this. So everybody knows your past with, with soccer, your athletic background. Everybody knows that you're an exceptional swimmer. Um, and one of my favorite topics on the show has always been people who excel in swimming challenges. And I feel like there's a lot of you, and I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on this. Obviously you would be the number one. I think Shane doesn't get enough credit. He's a fantastic swimmer. People have talked about Chuck, but I mean, he didn't even make it onto the show. So he didn't get to show any of that. Sarah is a great swimmer. Like where, where do you line up on this? Who are some of the people that stand out to you like in, in, in swimming? Okay. So we have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Alex Smith, I think um, from uh, real world Denver. He mm-hmm. he only did one challenge, but he and I don't think it was in any sort of water, but that is a full ride at Arizona State Swimmer. And there's like 10 D1 schools that have male swimming, which means that like just if you stack everyone up, that he's like no more than 50 places in in two or three different yeah. uh, types of types of swimming away from like an Olympic spot. So there's Alex and then there's me and then there's Shane, and then there's really no one else is allowed to be in the discussion. I'm going to take that. Everybody heard it. Wes himself giving credit to my man, Shady Shane. And not the to third, Sarah. The third best. I can actually give him more credit. I'm not even done giving him credit. So <laughs> so there is, there's me at my height, and then there's Shane at his height. But Shane is just a naturally better swimmer than me. I just spent more time training and had better coaches and all this stuff, which means as I get older, which I'm old, my abilities go down to about right here. And Shane just kind of stays right here. Wow. So I am only like a little bit better than Shane right now because I honestly think he might be a naturally better swimmer than me. It's just I just took the sport so much further that at my peak, he wouldn't have been able to touch me. But what people see, everyone's like, oh, Wes is such a good swimmer. swimmer." I haven't been in a pool doing laps in, uh, since I was 18 and it's, I'm 34. So like, that's a skill set that you, I'm never going to completely lose it, but I'm not like, (laughs) I'm not like really good anymore. It's just all the other people are that bad that I just can. It's, it really is tragic to see some of these people get in the water. Um, oh my I, god! When they can't even swim at all, I'm always I'm scared for people like when, on those ice water when challenges. When they plug their nose on the way into the water, <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable. It's mind boggling. Uh, I was I was in a conversation. I was talking I was talking shit on people that do this. Um, I but I don't know if they've said this or not yet. But my partner can't swim uh, at all. Like, <laughs> D can't swim. 
she cannot swim. She's the only Australian in, or she's the only person. She's a, from a country <laughs> surrounded by water. This is incredible. Yeah, no, she can't swim at all. I literally had to teach her how to swim. And in the process of figuring this out, I came outside into the courtyard to vent and I vent to Cam. And I'm like, oh my God, what idiot comes on the show not being able to swim? Like that is like, I, like, maybe I can excuse your first one, but after you realize you can't swim, why don't you go take swimming lessons? Like, I mean, it's absolutely ignorant. And then I walk away and four or five minutes later, I realize Cam can't swim either. And so I'm, I'm like, oh shoot, I just completely, no wonder she was so quiet. Um, but then you look around and there's like six people that can't swim. Like they're, 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 they're casting people that will drown. It's Wait, who, who else can't swim? Who else can't swim? Cam, D. But Leroy, of course. Oh yeah, Leroy. It's tragic. It it really. He's been trying so hard. He's been trying for years. Ammo been trying. No, 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 no. Ammo gave him swimming lessons. (laughs) No, I've given him swimming lessons. He tries a little bit, but he doesn't try so hard. Like, oh my god. He does. He does a a funny scene once a challenge, and that makes him in the show like he's trying, but not trying. Listen, bottom line, I'm sick of people talking shit about my guy shady shane you heard what wes said wes i also really hope that there is water involved in, at some point in the season because i always do get a kick like when there is a water challenge and you're involved like you clearly get that extra pep in your step and it always makes me crack up man like like you you always you're like oh yeah this is this is my shit i'm going for it it's so funny like anytime there's even like let's say there's a bucket of water or something something that you can't swim in like if there's water associated with anyone everyone all like when we're in the bus coming up and there's like a water truck or something <laughs> everyone's like oh my god Wes, you got this, this is yours. It's, like, it's like people they don't they don't really get it um but i people have been talking a lot of shit uh when we were filming because they were like you're not going to get any swimming challenges because we're in the middle of the desert uh and so I don't know if there's going to be any swim challenges. I'm hoping. Fingers are crossed. Something, something tells me that uh, they'll find a body of water somehow. Okay. <laughs> they'll find a well. Everyone's going to be like, Wes, there's a well. You've got this. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> All right. I have to ask you about the Evan, CT, Adam, everybody dynamic on Rivals. Why did you guys think that Evan and Nehemiah could beat CT and Adam? And did you really think that? Or was that just a ploy to get two big dogs into an elimination together? Um, so the lava, you ready for the lava? Very mm-hmm. ready. Okay. So the it was definitely a ploy to get CT in as many times as possible. That's that was that's not lava. Yeah. Uh, but- <laughs> And this, and I had no sway in what I'm about to say. I tried to prevent this as much as humanly possible. What I'm about to say, I had nothing to do with it. I tried to stop it, but Evan had a hard leave date. To he had to go to some, like he was starting some new college thing, and he had to be somewhere. I want to say he did like a semester in Israel, or it's that sounds familiar. Like, he hey, I lived there for six years. <laughs> well. <laughs> Startup he, lived there. He, lived, <laughs> he lived there for like a year i want to say and it started before the challenge ended and so wow. he was like he was like just throw me in i don't care so he essentially just volunteered to go in he was like don't make it look this way or whatever and i had nothing to do with it because that meant that my friend my best friend nehemiah was getting thrown to the wolves because of this and i told nehemiah exactly what was happening and I was like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you've got a part, that's why, like, uh, in that day's daily or mm. the day before or whatever it was, Evan just jumped off the thing and doesn't mm-hmm. even try it. 
Like, yeah, like which see... way to the which way to the jungle? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which way to the jungle? And it's like, why would someone <laughs> be joking that because he was literally trying to get thrown in the jungle? Um, which, you know, that that kind of stuff happens. And it was, but it's the last time that MTV saw him. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty good tea right there, especially because Israel has to do with it. Like, I'm that's amazing. I mean, I work at the Jewish Journal. Like, I'm fucking yeah. surrounded by Israel. <laughs> Well, speaking of eliminations on Rivals 1, there is a long-standing like, fan rumor. I, I don't know that there's ever been any verification of this or anything, but fans have kind of run with it as they will. And they'll say that Johnny cut Adam a deal to throw the elimination, uh, the, la- the final elimination on Rivals, the Adam CT against Johnny Tyler. I have heard that, uh, and I don't know for sure, but I would say my best guess is that did not happen. Um, I think, I mean, Adam was, Adam was completely out of shape, probably never has been in shape. That was a very <clears throat> difficult one. And I just, I, I mean, he, there's no way that he was that good of a faker. I mean, there's just no way. Like he was like dying. Um, he was dying as much as bananas. I mean, that was a, the same one, except, uh, mm. yeah. Um, Okay, now that I think about it, the one I was referring to earlier wasn't in the ground. The one you're talking about was in the ground. Yeah, and the, yeah. I see what you're saying. The, and the and the Thailand one, yeah, was built, was above. Yeah, they built uh, they what do they call half pipe? So yes. one was a half pipe in the ground, one was a half pipe outside of the ground, and bananas threw up after the one outside of the ground, and didn't in the first one. So like, I mean, he did pretty well. Uh, so I don't, I I really don't think that he threw it. I just don't. But I, I wouldn't put it past bananas. I wouldn't put it past Adam. Uh, that's I don't his, think I don't think he threw it either. I think uh, one of the issues, like you know, like I said with our mission statement, we always talk about the the way that the fans of these shows operate. And a lot of times, you get all these conspiracy theories because people love someone on this show so much that they can't like fathom, you know, a result that they weren't expecting. So when you see CT lose that elimination that he just dominated and he dominated that whole season and he got this great edit and everybody wanted to see CT in the finals, like fighting against you guys all the way to the end, they just couldn't fathom that he lost it. And really I have always believed that the answer is Adam was just that bad at the elimination. Like that's what it was. And I hate to break to the fans. Adam and CT weren't going to even finish that final, let alone beat us. (laughs) Because Adam, Adam wasn't in shape enough. There's no way. You know what? And that is that's such a good wrinkle to it. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, CT and Adam would have won that that mm. elimination." But then you think about it, it's like, okay, so then they would have had to go up against Wes and Kenny in the finals. They would have got murdered. Happened. I mean, yeah. we murdered we murdered Johnny and uh, whoever his partner was, Tyler, murdered mm-hmm. them. Like I know that it goes down as Johnny's win, but let's be real. I won that season, and that's not lava. That's not tea. That's just like the reality of it. Anyone that's even remotely paying attention, we won that final. And then some stupid rule kind of gave him the Yeah, those everyone. those piss me off so much. I know you've touched on this as well, um, in terms of like the Zach final versus Kara and things like that. Like that stuff, we we would rant about it all of last season. The genderless challenges that would happen with like the equalizers and things like that. And you know, that equalizer in the final, which was total bullshit for Zach in that moment. What do you think about the re- the regular eliminations and dailies where it was, you know, men versus females and they would put like crazy equalizers to even it out? <coughs> Like on Final Reckoning? Yeah. Do you remember when I they would do, that, like, the uh, the puzzle one and stuff like that, and they had, like, 
zero tension on Cam's Cam's harness. Yeah, and- yeah that's no, what it like, was. What I'm gonna say is, I think the, I I don't think they'll ever do something like that again. I think that they will, if you ask them, acknowledge that there was a small mistake made, but it came from a good place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you think about it, this is the company. I mean, I don't want to gush on them too much, but these are the, this is the creators of the real world. Some, a lot of my generation, this was the first time you would see that diverse of a cast, and you would talk about issues that your family wouldn't talk about or you wouldn't learn about until much later. I mean, this they have always been great and prided themselves on treating everyone equally, mm-hmm. and if one of the ways that they can do that is to build just a little bit of an equalizer and have a male going up against a female then that can be very fair and very entertaining. It's just what I think that happened is they, you know, it would take hundreds of a large, large sample size to figure out what a true and fair equalizer is for each of those games. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they hit it on the nail on the head and sometimes they didn't. And um, I respect what they tried to do. And I think that they realized they were a little bit off the mark and I don't think that they'll do anything like that again. Yeah. Definitely learn their lesson from those from those eliminations for sure. I think, I think they figured it out right away. Pretty much that happens like throughout the show. You, you, if you watch every season, like you're going to find stuff that they tried, it didn't work. You move on to something else. So you have, you have to chalk it up to that. You can't just, just, you know, concentrate on the focus on the recency of it. Like that's, that's a recent outrage. Um, One thing I do in terms of like the future of the show. uh, One thing I want to get your thoughts on Wes are, a lot of people clamoring for, you know, people are torn. You've got a lot of people who want to see old school players come back. You, I, I, Shani and I, we kind of uh, lay in the middle of that. We understand that the new players that are being introduced this season are so important for the show. They they're have fantastic. massive followings. Fantastic. Yes, and, and, and they're fantastic. But yeah. I also see the need, like there are people I want to see come back on the show. Like I want to have that one or two Per, those one or two people every season who you're like, yes, I have not seen this person. I want to see Alton on the show. I want to see Landon on the show. I want these people to get another shot. Like, where do you sit? Uh, where do you sit on this? All right, this is where I sit. And remind, uh, let me put put this out there. I, to a certain extent, am a feminist. I don't. I hate saying that too much, but I've like grown up <laughs> in my older years. We've invested in more female entrepreneurs than any other incubator in the United States. So, like, Woo! I am. All about this. And so I'm this is not a knock on women. This is a knock on our women. Just <laughs> notice you notice that, that nuance mm-hmm. is very, very important. Emily has moved on. Uh Evelyn has moved on. So the question for people that want to do an OG cast, notice how everyone's like, Oh, I wish to see we could see Alden, I wish we could see Landon, I wish we could yep. see Darrell. Oh, that's true. Who are you gonna fucking pair us with that we will not get murdered? I always say that. I always say that. I always say that. There's only two names that come up. There's two women that I can think of right Gen now G. who really well no, there's two women who really want to come back right now that you haven't seen for a while, and that's Tori, uh Tori Hall and Kendall. Uh, I thought I I loved Tori so a lot more Tori, than on the show. So Tori, so Tori and Kendall are gonna First help Ninja. me beat Ninja and Maddie. No, they're gonna uh listen, I, well, I'm not gonna stupid. Say, well, it's it's um, not even fair. It's a stupid concept, and everyone needs to shut up about it. Because if the fans keep talking like this, then we're gonna get it, and then I'm gonna be mm-hmm. there for like two episodes because I'm gonna get murdered, and then I'm gonna be back here. 
It's gonna be. A I think people. Three. I think people would also hope that you could get like Rachel Robinson. That's Matt, that's one name I, I, I think. She doesn't. She, I, I would agree with that. If she was if she was available, she could help us take on mm-hmm. the ninjas, and baddies. The problem is, we didn't have enough women that were great at the shows to begin with, and the few that we did have have moved on. What and about Jen? What about Jen G? Because she's like super built right now. Yeah. Okay. So the aunt, she was never in that good of shape, and she is. Yeah. The word on the street. I'm Facebook friends with her, so it looks like she is. Mm-hmm. But she made it to a bunch of finals. She was never like. Yeah. Bad. She, she, <laughs> she won nothing. She won nothing. It's just she couldn't run. And like mm-hmm. I like I said, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Just because you CrossFit or whatever it is that she's doing mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can I run subscribe the hell out of that theory. <laughs> I'm so sick. Of the people who watch this show, they see these CrossFit videos that someone posts and they're like, oh my God, this person is so strong. They're so tough. That does not define athleticism. Athleticism is defined Mm. by CT coming on the show, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer all night long, and then waking up the next day and like in a five minute athletic task dominating. That's actual athleticism. Um, and that, that's our motto for a good challenger, by the yes. way. Somebody who can smoke a cigarette an hour before and then go smash a challenge yeah, Alton, with some sort of creativity. Alton, longtime smoker, ripped six pack, smoking cigarettes, dominating. Is people. he a smoker? Well, I don't know if he smokes anymore, but he did. He was smoking on the show for sure. When he um, was when he was climbing ropes like that, he was smoking, yeah. and that oh, yeah. was like ridiculously impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. However. What you're saying about the the lack of female competition, um, I uh, up until this season when you had some some really new impressive female rookies introduced, I agree with that wholeheartedly. When you look at what the female competition level used to be like on the show previously to what it was the 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 let's say the last three seasons or so, I have issues with that. And you don't have to say anything, Wes. I do feel like that may or may not contribute to why people think that a certain redheaded pirate is such a strong competitor but i don't remember her winning when she was on the show with emily with ev with darrell with with darrell with with darrell jill road rules jill who put her down in her first challenge bring jill back by the way love jill um but like that is what the show needed it needed more strong females infused into it for sure yeah i completely agree but I mean, it depends. I'm not there. I, this is, is a, it's a um, above my pay grade. It depends on the vision that they have for it. It's just, it's just crazy to think that liter- some of the best literal athletes I've ever met in my entire life have been men on the shows and a couple of females. I have to hand it to several of them for sure. It mm-hmm. just stinks that there's obviously <clears throat> way more badass girls out there that would be down to fucking fight on national television. Why, why can't we get them? Because uh, um, it's. Just, yeah, that's one, very true. One thing I, I'm I'm interested to get your thoughts on, and maybe you know, if you want to like put a put a worm in, in production's ear on this one, one one format I've I've thought about, and I know that that you know all reality shows will try and especially reality competition, they'll try and borrow from each other in one way or another. They'll you know different formats and things like that. One format that I think would be very successful for the challenge and would satisfy all fan bases and also production because they'd be able to manipulate it however they want would be a take on what survivor did a couple years ago survivor did second chances everybody clamored oh we want to see all these people back on the show so survivor said okay we'll let you pick the entire cast here's all the people that you can vote for 
you vote for him. Obviously, the Survivor production kind of fudged it a little bit so that there's certain people they could have on the show that they wanted there. But you could do that. You could post, here's, you know, 10 old school players. Here's all these people. And you vote for them. And then you give people that way. Of, you you got to think of the format on the show to work with it. But that way you give people a say and you engage them in, oh, here's who we want to see on the show. I think you might be – they listen – I mean, they're not idiots. Like, they have uh, – um, they're – I mean, you don't get to a, be an organization as large as MTV without being very data-driven. Mm-hmm. And they're paying attention to posts, and they have special marketing scores that they go out. I mean, they're they're casting for exactly that. Uh, and then the real world that they're filming, I want to say right now, or is Aaron soon, or whatever that's going on Facebook Watch, the the fans are voting in the cast member. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that uh, the last cast member or whatever it is. And then there was also the viewers' revenge road rules, which yeah. fans oh, yeah. voted people in, and that was a little bit of a disaster. So yeah, well, that wasn't I, so hot. I liked it. Everyone hated that season. I thought it was good. Uh, well, the problem it, it, is, is yeah. Yeah, it had that. Uh, it had the a little bit of the champs for stars problem where you could check out in the hotel room, mm. uh, and, and so there was just some. I, I I don't know. There was missing some context if I remember correctly, uh, but but no. I mean I, I I mean who are they not casting that the fans are clamoring for that also wants to be there. Like that's the I think question. we yeah I, I think it's it's a very small number of, of names and we've pretty much gone over it. People want to see Alton Landon Coral. They'll say and, 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 all four and of them have moved on. All five of them have moved on. But do you think that with the right oh. dollar amount, like like if, if they are if they are significantly raising either the price that they're booking them to come on at or the pr- the, the prize pool that some of those people could be brought back. They, they did significantly increase the prize pool. Everyone is making a million dollars now. Yep. None yep. of them would. So, some of them might win. The girls <laughs> wouldn't. So they don't look at the prize pool as being helpful. Uh, and not, not because they're girls. Those girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I trash women on this, make sure you know I'm trashing our women, not women. Coral <laughs> and Beth are not winning a marathon against anyone. Like, I mean, yeah. I almost like. I almost started rifling off names. Anyone. They're just not. And so the prize pool uh, doesn't affect people like that. Now, I, does it probably make people like Alton and Landon's head turn a little bit? Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's just uh, by the time you've ha- they they, like almost anyone, is forced to go get a job. And the job, no matter how much the prize pool is increased, is in massive jeopardy if you leave it for two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, almost easier by that time once you've emotionally kind of moved on to just say i'm over it i can't it's too risky i just don't want to jump back into this it feels good to not be hounded when i go to the grocery store i don't have to come back and go through a three-month ptsd uh phase like i mean it's just it's just easier just to move on what's the tax cut on the prize money i've always wondered this like a a typical it depends on the state you're in oh okay fine what about California? That's a higher tax bracket, right? It is. So, like, are we Te- looking at are we looking at over fifty percent potentially? No. No, mm-hmm. no. Okay, okay, okay. Fine. I, I've I always tried Texas to calculate like, it. Uh, there's like no no state income tax in Texas or something like that. So it's like a big time like recruiting method for sports. Shut the fuck stuff. up! What? Yeah. There's no income tax in Texas. Yeah, I, I might be wording this wrong. That sounds but wrong. There, there's uh, let's let's get some let's get some research going on that. But it's it's something like that. Heather's it's in here. She'll figure it out. 
Um, all right, so I have a question um, in terms of the TJ's, like, calling out of the quitters, right? Because I remember watching back some of his first seasons hosting. I don't know if he was just grown into hating quitters more. But, for example, like, on Fresh Meat, when you would quit if you had Casey right, as a partner on a daily challenge because you want to preserve your energy for the exile that you knew you were going to be going into, he wouldn't necessarily rag on you when the results came in, or at least we didn't see that on TV. But now, you know, Bear quitting in this challenge where he really knew he wasn't going to win with Davon against, you know, half of the British Olympic team. I mean, TJ, you know, goes off on him and it's like, what's what what happened there? What what happened to TJ that the progression has become so serious now that even if you quit a challenge that you know you're not gonna win, that's gonna potentially help you strategy wise in the game to quit, he still dislikes. Or is still seen as horrible. I I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that if it, I think that if it was seen as actually strategic, I don't think he's given people that much grief. Uh, it wasn't strategic of Bear to quit. Uh, he was never Bear wasn't going to win. So in Bear's defense, he was getting his butt kicked. Devon wasn't trying at all. Like he quit early, which meant that she was walking early. And so why run eight miles or whatever it was, or why walk eight miles just mm. to get last place? Like I mean, I. I feel for him a little bit because he, he, even though he doesn't really look it, he's actually pretty darn athletic and he was in fairly good shape and he could have kept up with uh, some of the better runners on that. And it sucks to be um, literally chained to someone that's not, that didn't come in prepped like that. Like as much as we just trash the people that come in and can't swim, uh, Devon was walking before she had gotten to a mile. So how is it fair to bear? How is it fair to bear that she's walking and can't even run a mile um, and I, and so I, I kind of feel his frustration, but there's also a little bit of the, I think TJ is really coming into his own as a host and he knows that that's part of his brand. And so he, when he sees an opportunity, uh, he, you know, he jumps on it. Yeah. Branding is definitely important in today's day and age. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely learned to lay it on a little thicker with the quitting in recent seasons and, and like people love it. They're waiting for that. They eat it up. It's since um, Dirty yeah. 30. He sort of got his voice on Dirty 30 when they gave him all those lines. <laughs> well, you know, like he always felt, and I'm not, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but he always felt like he was a, a host on someone else's show. And over the years, it's kind of become his show and it's become yeah. more, more like home. And the people that produce it with him are like his family members. And so, you know, he, he was there to do a job before and now he's there not for his livelihood, but for his, one of his main passions is doing this gig. And so I think that he just cares more now than he did before. And also because the competitions and the competitors have heightened so much, now it's like the bar is raised so much higher. Like who cares if you quit back in the day when people were putting on chicken suits and stuff? Like who, who really cares? He didn't. But now when you've got, uh, you know, five professional athletes in a running race in the middle of the desert we're going for a million dollars and someone quits because their partner can't run even a mile it's time to maybe talk some shit it's true that competition's increased so much over the years yeah. it's 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 crazy now i i know you mentioned um i think it was maybe was it a twitter a tweet or maybe an instagram comment about uh, recruiting all females from like D1 soccer teams across America to be challengers. And there is one of the challenge fans, admins, is actually a killer soccer player. She's also like a coach and things like that. And there was a huge discussion about that. Have you ever talked to production about potentially going the route of casting all female athletes or, or finding more female athletes in that area? Because I feel like that would be so fantastic. 
if you want a surefire way to not have something make it onto the show, have it come out of one of our mouths. Because it's a combination of they just don't do that because how can they surprise us if they're using our ideas? And second off, they <laughs> – to a certain extent, they love and respect us. But for the most part, we're sheep. Like, that's it. Like, we're there to – we are meat. I am beautiful ginger meat meant to show up, <laughs> do what they say, kick ass, and go home. And I am not there to have a brain or a mouth. I am not there to be a co-producer. That's not my job. And so uh, if, if I took that idea and gave it to them, then we know that they will do the absolute opposite. But that reminds me, uh, you got to throw Heather Cook into that really good. Uh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Girl. Yeah, fans are always talking about her. They, they, they love her. They want her back. She was the truth for sure. And the only reason why she didn't win is because she was partnered with, I forget who, but whoever was drug her down. <laughs> some some girl that, that, uh, that can't swim. <laughs> some girl who can't swim or run yeah. uh, or whatever. But uh, no, Heather Cook, really, really good. She could probably come back right now and compete with all the best of them. I just don't. I assume that she has been asked and said no. I don't know. I've been friends with her on Instagram, but I, I haven't talked to her in a long time. Well, she plays professional She plays professional soccer all the time, so she's really busy. So for her, she can't like leave a, a fucking professional team to just go compete on some reality TV show. That's not going to that's not gonna sit well with management or coaches. She's no, she, proper committed. She, she showed up with her coach's instructions of what she was supposed to run while we were there. And then she looked at the backyard. Remember, it was the one we were talking about earlier. There was no backyard. It was a deck. And so DT <clears throat> and I work with it, but she just completely got out of shape. And that's probably, no, but not out of shape, but no, she's, she's a monster and she just doesn't get enough credit to her name and shows off the template. She's a cute girl that played soccer that didn't care what you look like on TV. Those are really all three. That's all you really need. Just go get these three. How, what is there? Probably a hundred thousand girls that fit this, uh, uh, fit those three categories. I, I could easily list so many. I mean, in Southern California, every girl in the world plays soccer. So it's just like, I have so many of those friends that would qualify very well and they'd all be great TV. They would, I mean, some are quite sensitive. Some are a little bit dramatic. It was like perfect, perfect mixes for television. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it something that I find interesting uh, is that you're obviously a polarizing figure on the show. There's a couple like pillar names that people think about when they think about the show, and another person, another big name is Abe. Is Abram? You guys have barely overlapped on this series ever. You guys were on Battle of the Exes together. That was like a quick out for you, and I'm pretty sure that's the only season you guys ever did together. Um, do you guys yep. have like any interaction or like what do you think of his his game his personality? Uh, I don't know much about him because for all the reasons all the reasons he said all, all I've heard through him are is you know we all sit around because we're so bored and we talk about everyone so I feel like mm -hmm. I've heard a bunch of stories but I don't have a lot of interactions with him. I had a good time with him in the I was there for maybe week and a half somewhere in that frame and I I yeah. enjoyed my. I enjoyed my time with them. I mean, I have nothing bad or good to say. I mean, there's, but, but no, I don't. I don't have much to add to that discussion. I think it's. I think it's interesting that two guys who have who have done so many seasons and who mm. have like meant so much to the show. You know, it's like you guys have barely crossed paths. Um, I think it's a I, good. It's a good reminder about how I'm not an actual OG. It's like there's yeah. there's really three phases, mm -hmm. and there's the the real OGs, the people that are on the first. Let's call it ten seasons, and mm. then the middle ground that we're in the next 10 ish 
and that oh and that was my era that i dominated and won and yada 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 and then there's the last 10 uh, which uh is you know just the newer generation yeah and i mean everybody clamoring for old school new school like when we when you really talk about old school like i, I know me personally i might I might, uh, you know, lift my nose a little bit if they cast an old school team. And it's like, all right, here's Leroy. And it's like, wow, he <laughs> did his real world season after I graduated college. That's weird. Yeah, you can't. I think I want to say so his first one was Rivals, which meant mm-hmm. that that was probably season like 17, 21. 18. Yeah. Somewhere yeah, in that yeah I think his okay. real world season was like 2011. Yeah. How can you say that you're an OG when you were on the 21st season of something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I say I'm an OG? Because I think my first one was 12 or 14. Yeah. Somewhere around that's, there. Uh, see, I always, that's how I always considered Car. People calling Car. Like, uh, that's the thing for me is I've been watching this show since I was maybe nine, 10 years old. Like, a fucking toddler watching this on stolen internet. So when I think of OGs, I just don't think so of. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> I mean, it really yeah. does. It, it really, really does, does, honestly. Um, yeah, like Eric Neese is an OG. Like he's mm. the OG. Eric Neese on the grind and in the Brady Bunch movie, and then like on the challenge. Like that's he's the OG. That's what an OG is. Oh my God, yeah. Eric Neese. That's so far back. Bring Eric Neese back. I'm sure. I think he lives like in seclusion somewhere. Like take there a freaking go. walker onto the show. Like, are no, you kidding Ma- me? Mark Long. Mark Long said that he could get Eric Neese to come back on the show. There you go. Bring both of them back. Uh, okay, they, we they got. Fine. What'd you say? I, I, they might do fine. I don't know Eric Neese, but I mean, Mark would probably be great. But that's there's an abundance of men that would do great. Mm. So that's not. Yeah, that's not. Bring the, up a good point. That's why. And do you really want to watch the people you grew up when you were toddlers stealing internet get demolished by a bunch of douchey British people? No, (laughs) I've been the biggest supporter of the Brits coming on. And I think the reason why people are so wanting of the old school cast is because there isn't like this real world road rules cast and and classes coming into the season every year. You know, there aren't there aren't like the fresh faces coming in. Some of them become legends, stay on for longer, whatever it is like. There's not that turnover now. So people are craving like some sort of you know, old school MTV family type members to come back to have a little bit of nostalgia. But I actually think that'd be shittier. And people argue they would boost the ratings, but they wouldn't. Anybody who would come back to watch an OG person is somebody who hasn't stopped watching the show. You know what I mean? Nobody who remembers any of those people is like all of a sudden stopped watching and is going to come back. Ooh, Mark Long is on. Like we have to tune in now. It just wouldn't happen. Contrast that when someone like Bear comes on and he brings a million and a half Instagram Mm -hmm. followers, you know, like, how like so is he gonna bring in more people than Eric Neese is gonna bring in? And there's just not there's mm-hmm. no mathematics. That, that's why I feel you need to I think MTV has done it right where they give you like one or two people. Uh they have they have like a certain amount of slots. You know, they bring back Wes and they bring back Nani this season. They brought back Brad, they brought back Shane. You there's limited slots to work with. You have to have people like Bear who have such an enormous following that really some people can't understand in this country because like people in the u.s are kind of ignorant for some reason um but you know you you (laughs) my my suggestion is give johnny a season off if you want to see landon so bad all right give johnny a season off and bring landon on the show that's that's how you get him on there's his spot right there but that's not going to happen let's let's hope not why would we want to bring on a real athlete and get rid of the layup (laughs) (laughs) That's a great sound clip. I'm sure someone will like manipulate that. They'll they'll cut that from the interview and then they'll they'll DM it to Johnny. 
Um, Next thing you know, we're hated all over the internet once again. Yeah. Thanks Woo. for the rub. Um, uh, let's, wait, I have, let's I have a question about, about I have a yeah. question about formats because this is these two sort of go hand in hand in terms of um, things that used to happen that don't happen now, which is the winners picking the orders of the next challenge, which I always thought was kind of like a cool advantage to give to somebody who won, and then also being able to play a second daily challenge to win safety, like how you know in the Inferno or um, in Fresh Meats when literally there'd be two daily challenges in an episode and an elimination and you'd be able to save yourself the next day what's your thoughts on those features that aren't standard practice nowadays i mean that used to be almost all the seasons which one would be a double daily so in fresh meat do you remember how there was you'd compete in a daily then they would vote in you know whoever's going to go in and then the next day you'd be able to compete or whenever it was uh in another daily challenge to win potential safety to then not have to go into elimination that's that's just not true. It would be a daily and then the elimination. There was not the double daily. I think you're making stuff up. <laughs> I just watched this this weekend. Are you sure? Yeah, I lived it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I forgot. This is great. <laughs> I don't know. I recall that. And also in the Inferno, like you could win the lifesaver to then be able to not send yourself. Maybe. In. I don't know. I don't know about the Inferno. Yeah. And it was, it was like a, Okay, oh, yeah, I am right. Saying, so. <laughs> Greg so Holm- was- Holcomb, who's like a challenge oh, man, historian. Man, I-, I honestly just watched so this like, recently. You, you have the mission. Fresh meat. Yeah. Fresh meat one. Yeah. Mm. You could win. You could go back in after and win the and you could win safety to then be able to send somebody else in like Tina and Kenny, all of them. They would like try. I think Darrell and Aviv only were the only ones who won it and they got to replace themselves. Was it Darrell and Aviv? One, one team won that during the um, the obstacle course challenge. I think Wes was too busy just like getting ready for eliminations every single day and getting ready to to uh, have Casey carry her like really light uh, amount of luggage on her back. Um, I, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember this at all. And I think everyone who's saying it is wrong, but I might be <laughs> I might be I might be the one that's wrong. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if I am. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure it was relatively basic. You do the daily, then I, Casey and I would grab our backpacks and we'd go for a couple mile run. And then we'd <laughs> go back to the house. We'd do a daily. We'd go for a run. We'd do a daily. We'd go for a run. And it was like that until the finals. I'm yes. go, I'm gonna side with Wes on this one. So I'm I mean, I well. I'm gonna Wes. side with the side that's right, and also the four people in the comment section who agree. Um, and and <laughs> because that's just what happened. I watched this weekend. I'm telling you, that's how it went down. Anyways, Why it's irrelevant. Are you watching Fresh Meat One this weekend? Because I'm interviewing you today, are, and I really care true, about the research I do. We're true professionals in the field. It's like, man, I really want to go back and I want to watch this party all over again. Like, I want to watch what happened at this toga party. And, and just, like, really get down to it. That's how deep this fan base that goes. That toga party we're, we're, was sick. Yeah, we're like a well, nerdy bunch. Was it, We've done a handful of toga parties. Did we do a toga party on Fresh Meat 1? No. Mm, no, I don't think so. No, but there was an epic toga party, the first one ever during the hurricane. That was Yeah, the first battle of the seasons. We always talk about that. That looks like an all-time rager right there. I might have to ask the Miz about that someday. Okay, so what's your what's your thoughts on picking the order then for winners who pick the orders? Because that used to be that used to be standard practice. I mean, almost every season that was the format. The the winner of the daily would pick the next uh Yeah. Yeah, the next one. Um yeah, that was uh that uh you know, there's there's too large of a disparagement between the best couple of teams and the worst couple of teams. 
And so it got it, it. It just it just added too much momentum to to give to the already best teams, right? It would just so the the best players would get an, an advantage to just continue winning, and it was just the same thing over and over and over again. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of it, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of, it reminds oh. me a lot of that um, the Troika stuff. That was a big. That was a big thing I had with the Troika was that it was just a constant cycle of you won, so you got power, then you'd win again because you got power, and da 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 da. Yeah, it's kind of too yeah. stacked. I'm it, a it, bigger become, fan. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of what they did this season, where whoever gets thrown in and wins gets mm-hmm. the relic, because now it's kind of like okay, for whatever reason, you're down on your luck. So here's something to kind of. Uh, get back into the game to a certain extent. Otherwise, it's just you keep throwing in the same people over and over and over again. It's just they need to spread that out a little bit. Yeah. So there was a rumor going around. I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but that uh, Zach picked you to go in to the elimination so he could lose and give you a relic. Was that even remotely true? No. Not at all. That's some Johnny Bananas uh, window dressing right there. Bananas hears what he wants to hear, but Zach was in a position where he gets paid a lot of money these days to be on the challenge and to stay on the challenge. So like there's there's bonuses and that's where his girlfriend was. And, uh, you know, like there's just lots of reasons. Everything was he did have something else that if he was to be eliminated that he uh, was going to go to. It was a wedding that it was uh, quasi important. Like and his whole family was like just play the game if you're going you might as well do it right and bananas when he hears this he hears oh zach's got a wedding to go to (laughs) therefore he's gonna (laughs) the challenge for me so that way i can stay here and so that was what went through bananas delusional ass head and zach's like no and second off if i was gonna throw it how can i throw it while all these people are telling me where all the countries are and bananas couldn't climb that thing. Like it was one of the most. It was bad. It was so embarrassing. Like that was it bad. Was, that was I, really bad. I felt bad for him, and that's how you know it's bad. Like this man, he's is, slipping off of it. All that. No. Oh, yeah. He is. He's literally slipping off of it, and he has figuratively slipped. Period. He's <laughs> he's not slipping anymore. He's slipped. He's on the ground. Slipped on a banana peel. He is done. Like he's never going to do anything impressive in this game ever again. Did did you see our graphic that we made of you, bananas, and Zach in like a romantic gay threesome? It was the funniest fucking shit. Uh, I think your, so. Yeah. Your That's... hand is like delicately placed on Zach's thigh, and bananas is on the other side, like hugging I him. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, that's why Zach blocked us. I was actually really liking Zach on this season. I, I wanted them to I stick still around. Le- I still love him, but yeah, he blocked us on Instagram. I'm pretty sure it was for that graphic. But honestly, that was so good. Like, if someone made that of me, I would I would follow them. That's like that's- Well, I did send your guys' Turbo and Nani uh, 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 graphics, <laughs> both Turbo and Nani, and uh, both of them thought it was funny. I had to explain <laughs> why it was funny uh but nani was a creeped out at first but then loved it <laughs> we'll, we'll take it i'll let reddit know because there was all these questions i wonder how nani feels about this like four of them right on our reddit post which was so funny um, yeah yeah uh, I, I when it comes to johnny i really do think he's kind of backed himself into a corner because he's, he's going to keep doing the seasons but he like politically he's played himself out and he, he just keeps losing and i think he's kind of in quicksand right now 
like really his best bet and I don't think he'll do it is to do what you do and that's to take some seasons off reset recharge I, that I would help a, that would help a little bit but honestly all he's got to do is just show up and treat people like human beings mm-hmm. like he just mm-hmm. he just goes into his room and he tells stories and if you want to come in and listen to his room his stories you just go in and he doesn't want to interact he doesn't want to talk game he doesn't want to think <clears throat> he doesn't want to do anything he doesn't want to innovate or evolve like it's just ridiculous like it's he has the, like he t- he has this the brand and the momentum to turn this into something if he wanted to, and instead he's just going to keep playing the same tired game over and over and over again. Um, Nani said when I sent her this photo, she said, "Oh my fucking god, who the fuck made that?" And I said, "Saniac podcast," and she said, "That is disturbing." Laugh my ass off, 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 off. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm glad and you like that. With Turbo, at first, I think he might have been a little offended, but then I explained to him <laughs> that it's a sign of respect and that I said that the, the, the mother tattoo in America is really a sign that you're a badass guy because only badass guys get the mother tattoo. <laughs> That's and he's true. like, oh, oh, okay, I see. It is funny. I will post now. <laughs> That's fucking That's hilarious. Great. God, we I um, reached out to his manager. I really hope he comes on. <laughs> Turbo's such a legend. Oh my god. That would be an interesting one. Uh, I want to talk politics. Uh not not US politics, but challenge politics. Uh you're you're a yeah. known uh you are probably known as the most like political strategy based player in the game. Um first and foremost, what what I want to say is, and and you went up against her in the ruins, how do you compare yourself politically, or or at least how do you, like, do you respect Susie's game? People would say, like, female-wise, she's probably, like, the most political female uh, that that played in in her generation. Do you think she was good at that? Um, Okay, so that was the only time that I've ever met her, and she wasn't very nice to me. I was getting bullied left and Mm -hmm. right, uh, standing up for the good guys and the good people, and she was just part of that squad. She obviously wasn't even remotely as as uh, you know in charge of that or whatever. So yeah. it's not I'm not throwing her under the bus with everyone, but she was she was a support structure for the bad people, and definitely was not very nice to me. Um, we're cool now, but uh, she didn't do a single thing when I was there that was politically savvy in the least. Okay, bit. she just bitched a lot about my antics and <laughs> so uh and and i i don't have any recollection of what she's done prior to that but i i was uh, i i i thought i watched some of the shows but you guys are really reminding me that i must not have watched <laughs> any of there's a lot stuff. of seasons um yeah. now in terms of your own uh like political game what is something that stands out to you as, as like like maybe the best or one of the best? Like like what's a really strong political move that you made on a season that stands out to you? Um hmm. I I mean everyone always cites the rivals or no, the X's two one where I exp- finally kind of explained like the what the one and the two and the three spot mean to Leroy yeah. and then like and he was gonna throw me in and all that stuff like that was a that was a fun one I think that gets a little bit more credit than it deserves because I have those kind of conversations all the time like, <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think oh well I made a trade with Evan on the duel and the trade was Ooh. if I go against if i get called out last i will call out derek and brad 
So I have to do two, and all he's got to do is call out CT. And so it was what, like, I'll do all two. All he's got to do. do. <laughs> <laughs> and so that uh, really worked out in my favor. That did it. work out. That sent his ass packing. That that that's a great move, actually. I'll yeah. never forget when the reality hit his face. He's like, "What the fuck did I just do?" <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have a choice. He was very lo- he was loyal in that sense. But uh, that also spawned a really important concept, which was I, after I sent home Derek, I then, even though I was, I promised Evan that I was going to take out Brad, I had be, I built this great, and now to this day, great phenomenal friendship with Brad, like to the point where I consider him more of an older brother than I do uh, even a friend or a coworker. Uh, but I had the conversation with him. We went on a walk and I told him next time I get in the bottom, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call you out and I just want to let you know. And he was so cool with it, not just because he's chill, but that gave me the epiphany of it was like, I wonder. And he also partly worked to keep me out of the bottom because he knew that that was going to he was yeah. going to get sick. And that's when I had the epiphany of the totem pole rankings where I literally have everyone in the cast ranked of who I would throw in and in what order and in what circumstances. And then I tell the people that are at the top of my list and I trade and say, I want to be at the top of your list. And then I don't tell that to the people who are at the bottom of my list. And so if Mm -hmm. TJ calls on me, regardless of where I'm at, I know based on this list who I'm going to throw in and what order, there's no emotion about it. It's just complete and utter pragmatic. And it's, and then I started doing this uh, um, for years and then eventually uh, it got stolen because it got uh, not stolen, but people just, um, I don't know. They were inspired by it. And so now you see, I come back after being gone for four seasons and there's new people that are running around talking about the totem pole and the number system and trading stuff. I'm like, whoa, 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 sis, hold your horses. I literally invented this. Let me tell you what you're doing right. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. But it was the greatest system ever because you don't have to lie to anyone. There's no backstabbing. There's no gotcha moments. It's like this is where you stand. This is why. And you can say it relatively early and, uh, and I did that very hardcore on War of the Worlds, and I had to explain that to too many people. Um, and so now I think it's overexposed. And if I ever do another challenge, I have created a whole new system that I will be unveiling to the world if I go on another one. And I'm, I've, uh, I've, I've already built the team. I've already tested it out in small capacity. <laughs> uh, this is a, it's a new, very innovative way of playing politics. That I like is that. That's you be are a true, like you're a true salesman and businessman with that pitch right there. Like that, that, that has us invested. And we'll have our eyes peeled for that. How much you does know? risk factor into your totem pole in terms of if you would get eliminated by going against them? Yeah, not at all. Ooh. Once the, once, once the, uh, once the, once the names have been put on the list, they, they stay on the list because that's the, and that's, I partner with people that agree to those exact terms. And so mm-hmm. there's no like changing your mind later on. It's like, this is where I stand. I'm going to stay there the rest of the time, or this is where you stand. You're going to stay there the rest of the time. And if I get put in a position where I have to take a slightly riskier move, uh, but to, to respect the list, then I personally will do it, have done it and people have done it for me. And then there are people that haven't done it for me who then they get, they go from, let's call it third or fourth, which is a respectable position to last. And now they're my, now they're the 
main person I'm going to go after, and I'm going to send my mob after them. <laughs> the mob. I miss those That's, days. like, next level, <laughs> man. I, I See, I, I love getting that kind of, like, like actual breakdown, actual dive into it. Um, that, that's a treat, really, for, for fans of the show to be able to, to take in and listen well, to coming from. We can, yeah. We, yeah, we can expose this now because I'm, go, I'm using another system. But I, would, mm. I went into this entire season, and I told everyone that was in the top eight, so like there's there's someone running around saying I'm Wes's eighth, and then uh, which at first like <laughs> requires a lot of like security to hear that you're eight, but when it's eight out of thirty six people, that's actually a pretty darn good spot. Mm. And unlike a lot of people, it's not an ambiguous <clears throat> oh I got your back right because I got your back or we're in alliance is just code for you can screw me later and say the numbers got choppy. There's no yep. screwing one. Notice how there's no one in the history of the show that can look back and say, oh, Wes told me he was going to do one thing and didn't do it. There are zero gotcha moments in my history. It's because here's where you stand. And if you get sent home, it's because you were lower in that you were than whoever else was left. I mean, I told you straight up to your face, here's the list. I even in this season, it's written down and I have it in the closet. So there were some people that were uh, privy to this information. And some people just went right over their head. But I'm like, literally, I'm going to write it on a list in a closet. You can come anytime you want, open up the door and see your name is still seven or whatever the case is. So I'm <laughs> completely based on the list and I have it all the way ranked down. I mean, it, you don't need to rank it all the way to like 30th or whatever, but um and I stick to that. And it's just now I had to explain it to so many people. Like, why do we do this? Why is it safe? It's the best way to form these alliances. And now so many people know it that I'm afraid that I can't use it again. But I have an evolution of it. And I can't unveil it to you yet. I brought it up to the people that if I ever go on it again, who I would work with. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> we are excited to see that one unleash. It's kind of, I mean, it reminds me, a lot of your gameplay really translates well into the business world because this is this is the simple idea of under promise over deliver you know yeah. so never never having i mean it's the same sort of concept and it's it's like customer service you know it's, it's it's almost it's like it's just the same sort of principles there and so it makes sense that that translates over so well into beta blocks and into you know the things you do entrepreneurially and stuff like that oh and one of what's great is this is translated to other games. So you watch Survivor, you watch Big Brother. Sometimes you'll hear people say, Totem Pole, you're number three, number four. They'll say these things. It's like, that's my invention. Thank you very <laughs> much. beautiful. I mean, it has been it has been passed on to other channels. And obviously, like there might be some crossover there. Some other people might have come up with it. But it's the fairest way to play and form real alliances. You know, you I get this weird uh you know they're like oh you're a master manipulator all this stuff it's like i'm only manipulating you if you're like in the bottom 10 so there's a bunch <laughs> of shitty players out there that are that are that are mad but there's there's no one that's ever like been in my that's actually on my list or ever been even close to my list that is mad about the way i played with them none of them mm. well, who do you think right now in terms of the brits has the most potential from the for the future without including spoilers but who do you who do you think up until this point in the season shows serious capabilities uh theo hmm. and bear and <clears throat> georgia maybe you think over ash well okay ash is uh 
Eh, I mean, Ash is a very street smart guy, and he's obviously one of the, if not the strongest dude that's ever been on the show. Um, and so I think, I think that he's got some. I think he's got a good shot too. He's just a little big, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to be the, you have to be such a well-rounded person, and uh, and it's just it, it would be difficult at that size <clears throat> to do some of the agility-based games that we have to do. That's what it seemed like to me as well. Like when you have that much muscle mass, like it can limit your flexibility almost. And, and you know, body control and things like that are, are such a big part of the kind like of challenge. This is the do. perfect amount, right? Like it's a, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Definition. It's enough to like look good in board shorts. We're you about to do... meme the shit out of that. <laughs> a lot of viewers are tuning in to see that. Teen is all you over can, it. Oh, yeah. You can see, you can see, but I can run a marathon with this puppy because. It's it's not that big, right? It's mm-hmm. just like it's enough to kick some ass, but not so much that it's a it's a liability. <laughs> yeah, you we know? gotta sh- we have to shout out Tina. She's one of our biggest fans, and also your biggest fan, and probably you're the only person she'll ever go straight for. Um, so so just FYI, Tina Barrow loves you. So Tina Barta. Barrow. Yeah, yeah, Tina Barta. She, she loves you. <laughs> yeah, because I remember. I distinctly remember Tina Barta hating me. Not <laughs> Tina Barta. Tina Barrow. Although it's hilarious that their names are so similar now that I think about it. They're both they quite sassy. Um, I am a happily married man, so unfortunately, I don't get to uh, engage in any sexually explicit uh, things with anyone, <laughs> but I have turned me more than a handful of not straight women. Um, so <laughs> she, she, would, she would not be my first. That's some good tea. All right, what's your thoughts on Bear? Is he is so Bear is I'm probably one of Bear's biggest supporters in terms of on the challenge fans because I've been talking about Love Island, X on the Beach, UK people coming onto this show long before they ever came on the show, and it seems like the reception from the cast and the fans is a little bit less excited than what I would have expected, especially for someone who's so charismatic. Is he just annoying in person? What's the deal with him? Uh, in short doses, he's one of the funniest people you've ever met in your entire life it's just you can't, he doesn't really turn off so it's kind of like that at all times and it's just mm. a lot a lot to handle but the reason why we might not be seen as much of bear or the reason why we're not seen as long of eliminations the reason why we're getting scenes that are completely cut out is the fans fault the fans are like we need a challenge and elimination in one day we need a challenge and elimination in one day <laughs> they're like why are you cutting everything out? Like this is ridiculous. And okay, like, okay, okay, okay. But but they're taking it. They're they're so exaggerating that because in Final Reckoning, it wasn't just like a challenge elimination. Every it was just like they would they would draw it out forever on everything. And now they're like, okay, well you want it, so here you go, you got it. And now you don't get like fifty percent of the content too. By the way, it's like they're they're it's like if you give a crying kid that's throwing a tantrum every single thing that he wants, but it's too much. Do you know what I mean? This is exactly what we're having right now. I feel like they could have eased it a little bit. No cliffhangers, but still fill us with content kind of a thing. Yeah, there's like no cliffhangers. Like it's like they're just they're giving us so much that I mean, I can see how like to a casual fan, it probably is the better format. But to uh, someone that's watched many seasons in a row or anybody that's listening to a podcast, honestly, you're missing out on grade A content that just doesn't quite make it into the 42 minutes because you guys screamed 
that it doesn't fit your fucking template. And so here I've did like 1400 hilarious things that have already been cut out. Like I'm talking hilarious. It's just not <laughs> as relevant as it could be. And I'm afraid that there's a whole lot of really amazing stuff left to come. That's going to get cut out, not for any shady purposes, mm-hmm. but just because it's really difficult to put that much content into 42 minutes. Got to yeah. bring back the shit they should have shown. It's well, the okay, way but, to get all this. Okay, give bring us, give us, it. give us your top, give us your top hilarity, hilarity moments on the show that we haven't seen. Okay, the one that pisses me off the most is in my first tribunal uh, where I won um, uh, the ball pit thing, and then I we and then I called out bananas. He comes in, I grill him. No one said anything. Okay, so they make it sound they they cut everything. It is. 15 straight minutes of me just hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. And then eventually, when I got tired of that, I moved over to Morgan and made her look like a fucking idiot. Like, it was it was so good. And the, and the fans would have appreciated it so much. And it's like, it just had to get cut. I understand why. Because it, it wasn't all that relevant. And me doing an interrogation of him for 15 minutes in a 42-minute show is unnecessary. But... The most relevant question that he answered was one that kind of made it look like he was strong arming me when anyone in that room like was like, oh, my God, R.I.P. Bananas. Jesus!" <laughs> and it was hilarious because, I mean, I knew I w- had won. I knew I was bringing him in there. I knew I had him by the balls. And uh, so I had pre-written like 40 questions and uh, I would reread them. And then anyone that's not hilarious, I would cut rewrite him so it's like i just hammered him and the stuff i was bringing up to morgan she just couldn't she couldn't keep up she's not you know mentally on that level as sharp all right what's some what's some other stuff that the other cast members have done that's been that we haven't gotten to see uh well hunter had a a full-on like relationship with one of the spearmint twins Oh yeah, we we're having them on on Friday, so we'll be able to hear their story from that. <laughs> I, <it. laughs> That's hilarious. There was a lot of hookups we didn't get to see. Zahida and Ash. That was like a big deal as well, I guess. That we never really got a. But they put that in the preview. That one was more of flirtation. The Julia one. I mean, I. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, I'm not going to speculate. I wasn't there. I'm not. So, uh, Wes, when you talk about, you know, your your strengths on the show and, you know, your physical attributes, your social attributes, your mental attributes, uh, unfortunately for you, the one thing you have that could be defined as a weakness, it's really hard to, like, train and practice that. You know, some people, if they're bad at puzzles, they can just, like, buy a puzzle book and practice that. But you... How do you figure out how to untie knots better? How is this possible? I mean, <laughs> it's really hard. Like, do, oh you, you might have to like triple knot your shoes together every day and then unti- you know get yourself free. It, it's tough, uh, man. So I remember. Okay, so I have wireless headphones now that I use like when I go do anything other than what I'm doing right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But before, when I had no, like the normal like Apple headphones or whatever, um, the white ones that have the the the, the cord attached to it. Yeah, I would have like uh, flashbacks every time I would go and try to untangle <laughs> that, and I would be so bad at getting my my headphones untangled because I'd be thinking back to that cut up relation. And then now, like, oh my god, to have bananas have shit talking power from that chance for stars two season where Ooh. he beat me in a water. A, a thing that was like literally made for me because I couldn't untie that stupid knot. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. 
cost my charity cost my charity like fifty thousand dollars or something like those like i mean the knots man like you are not you're not you're to not untying what leroy is to water it's it's crazy like you have (laughs) you have everything going for you and it's just it's just these knots it really is is true and jordan even though i came back in the puzzle portion jordan jordan a one-handed man beat me in a the not untying portion in champs versus pros uh, in the spring break challenge, I couldn't. We redid that knot thing that I that my team got. Wow, like, that's I on have, YouTube. I'm gonna have to watch that. That is a straight up like one knot after. I'm just that is my downfall. <laughs> Not so fast. Um, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks so for bringing that up. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I, just, I, like, I love I, the gimmicky names. The gimmicky names always get me. Like whenever TJ says something, that's though. hilarious. It's like I said, like you can't really practice that. There's no practical way. Like you, granted, you know, you have your 75 businesses or whatever, everybody, the number everybody likes to say. So I know you're doing well for yourself. Way more. They bring in like 20 a quarter, right? right? So what you should do, honestly, Wes, is that that knot contraption, that elimination that they do where it's like the big jungle gym and you have to tie the rope knot on it. You should build a replica of that. One time though, so I lost in that exact game twice, but then I won my third time against Louis Vito, who's a gold medal. Oh yes, Olympian. yes, Olympian. yeah, I remember like, that one. Also, a gymnast and a smaller guy, so it's like it was made for him. Uh, but thankfully, I had uh, experience in that one. <laughs> I I think uh, yeah, I think third you got to build like a charm. replica, build a replica set in your backyard, some kind of knot device, and just go to work. I feel like that would do that would be Instagram gold right there. That would go viral. My dog well, people would watching love you that practice shit. that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good idea. Bootstrap would have a field day. He'd be going. Does he like ropes? My dog's obsessed with ropes. Hey, man, t- Tiger Woods. You know, Tiger Woods has like golf holes in his backyard. You, you gotta, you gotta rep the brand. <laughs> Wait. T- okay. So talk to us about Beta Blocks because I'm dying to get to that that sort of side of you and that side of your mind. When did you start this? When have you known that you were going to be an entrepreneur? What was what was the whole process there? Um, well, that's a lot to unpack. Are you sure you want to go down this boring topic? Uh, okay, boring for some people, but I, I find this so fascinating. I mean, because that's my whole life. Like, I had three businesses in college, and I mean, I just have not stopped since then. Like, startups has been my entire work resume has been working at startups, project management, product management. So I find it so fascinating. All right. Well, the quick story is I've been obsessed since I was an actual little kid. I went to my very first memory of entrepreneurship is I took a wheelbarrow down to a park when I was in kindergarten and uh, I dug up a bunch of dirt and then I took out all the rocks and the weeds and then I took the wheelbarrow door to door and I sold like cleaner dirt for gardeners. And then I eventually, my dad helped me build a lemonade stand, which we still have to this day. It's like a little Charlie Brown style uh, orange um, lemonade stand. And Polly's calling me. Oh, we have him on next week. We have yeah, him we on have next him week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk to him. <laughs> You're live. <laughs> this is massive. You're live. You're live on the Saniac pro- podcast. And Pauly's you'll also on. be live next week. <laughs> well, hi. Can you hear him? Yeah, we can yeah, hear, we him. hear him. They're saying, I just hear you. Yeah, yeah, okay. They can hear you, but you can't hear them. Yeah, I can't hear them. I'm. Um, I thought I was talking to them next week. You are. You are, you are <laughs> yeah. But you, uh, I told you I was. I, I know, but how long did I talk to you for? I the question, the question the fans have for you, Paulie, is what do you have to say for yourself? When it comes to what? Future goat you of the everything. challenge. Let's, uh, let's, I don't know. Let, let your, let your conscious 
uh, give you context for that question. No, I'm really, they, I, I'm just joking. They don't. <laughs> oh, they're not on right now. No, no, they are on, but that's not the question. That's not the question. Oh, um, but the question, the question I do have for you is tell the fans what you think about me. Ooh. Tell the fans what I think about you? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, the one thing I will say about Wes here is after watching him on seasons and thinking that I knew kind of how he would play the game, I can say that the the fact that he is able to change his style of how he plays the game every time so that it's not the same thing uh, is a true testament to the kind of game player he is. And he's one of the only vets that I can say I respect in the sense of being able to A, win challenges, B, win eliminations, and C, keep someone like me in my place. When would I ever go against you, Cara? I would never Cara is now yelling you. at him. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Wow. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't be this close to her. Cara's just jealous because I'm talking about you and she wants all the attention. And she T- blocked us it. on Twitter. Yeah, tell her to unblock us. <laughs> she contract going in the mail uh, tomorrow. The card's going in the mail tomorrow. I told you guys uh, I had receipts coming in the U.S. mail. Did I not? Oh, lie? shit. You did. did you did. <laughs> I'll just tap it over with this. And I will say the gameplay that I experienced from Mr. West was some of the best gameplay I think that has ever been played on a challenge ever. Period. <laughs> End of story. And if I even learned half, if I even picked up half of what I could have learned from observing it, then I will be a future legend. Wow. Oh, that's, good. that's good. Wow. Now put Carl wow. on and have her give me a compliment. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Carl is coming. <laughs> yeah. Car- come on. Put Carl on. We want a compliment. Uh oh. She doesn't want to come on our podcast. She hates us. <laughs> yeah, we heard you already. Oh, she, she's her argument is that because she gave you a compliment when Zach called you out in an elimination, saying, "Are you crazy? Why would you call out Wes? He's the elimination king." That that's compliment enough. <laughs> It's, it's, that's kind of a big compliment. Very begrudging. Only one is, compliment per person from Kara. Yeah, give me something that's not on national television. Just like a, hey, give a little. Give me something that's not on national television. No, that's about his dog. We know his dog. <laughs> no, that's not a compliment. Talk about, talk about how he's actually a nice person in real life and not a piece of shit. Ooh. <laughs> Backhanded compliment. If you're religious, you know, then then no, that's not a compliment. If you're religious, then no. (laughs) This is why I love Polly. Polly's fucking hilarious. Like, Uh, don't 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 talk about his wife. Okay, so Uh, she said your wife's hot. That's a compliment, also. Yes, Mm, Walter. That's true. And being able to lock down a winner. Yep, I I use the ranking system to 
get my wife. Okay, hey, I'll talk to you later. I got to get back to this interview because we're just having we're just enthralling content. This is mind blowing. All right, adios, Mr. Calafiore. Ciao. That's so wow. fucking funny. If Cameo. only Cara knew. If only Cara knew whose podcast she was just on. Like she blocked yeah. us on Twitter and a whole thing. That was hilarious. That was epic. <laughs> that was like super meta. That was like we're talking to you. Yeah. You're talking to Polly. Polly's talking to Cara. It's like when you look through a mirror with a mirror behind you, and there's like a million reflections. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. We um, appreciate the content, Wes. That was that was pretty epic. The the viewership is skyrocketing right now. I, like I'm really sorry to all the viewers that that Facebook is down right now. So we're all doing this on Zoom. We we don't have the normal interaction that we do. Like I know so many people are asking yeah. questions right now, and it's it's like of course it happens when we have this guy on, and we have more people watching right now at one time than we've had. And I know people are dying to ask you questions. I am sorry, but I I really hope that what we're saying right now, like I feel like the content has been really good regardless yeah i think so as well yeah i have to uh finish it up um bootstrap come here come here come oh here. give us a little cameo bootstrap come here oh my god shawnee's dog voice why well, I, I love dogs oh he's so cute oh my god he's so cute got a treat got a treat Look at that face. Wow, he looks so soft. Is he soft? He looks so soft. soft. Oh, little bootstrap. Yeah, I I think this is a perfect place to end this off. Honestly, thank you so much, Wes, for tuning in. Uh, For everybody listening, we have the Nolan Twins on Friday, Polly next week on Wednesday. Lots of content rolling through right now. Challenge Mania is taking a break, but we are not. So tune in every single week here. SaniacPodcast.com, the only and best challenge fan website out there right now. Definitely take a look at that. Uh, Wes, thank you again. Honestly, this was fantastic. You're very welcome. Thank you guys for having me. All right. We will see you guys all later for our recap. Woo!